welcome back to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me into the waters of conspiracy with Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Mr. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. With my friend Ryan Davis. Uh, hi, Ryan. We're like the first gay couple of conspiracy theories. I think it's beautiful, man. Out there, partner. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> it's some mystical, deep, dark realm crazy shit. Wake up, Aaron. There's reptile people everywhere. Hey, man, what's hey, the man. truth there, dog? Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. Yeah, and welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We got an exciting show for you. As you can see, uh, Off the Grid is not here. Ryan is actually now working. He's uh, he's working today. He could not make it. So we decided to uh, I'll bring in my co-host because it's a very fun and interesting... Oh, you motherfucker. There we go. Bam. We have a very interesting show today. Joining me from the Sharp Tongue Podcast and hilarious, she's been on before and she's here again. Please welcome my good friend, Jessamay Peluso. Hello, Sam Tripoli. Jessamay, where are you going to be? You got any dates coming out? Oh, I'm going to be in my bed later on tonight, catching yes. up on sleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to be at the Bellevue uh, Parlor Live, May 24th, 25th, and 26th. So do you have like so that you have a couple weeks off? I do. It's so You've exciting. You've earned it. Yeah. You've earned it. You I go was on hard the road for in the like pain. a month. <laughs> You go hard. In I go the hard. I do. It's this weird thing between like wanting to make money. Like ultimately, comedians, we are lazy. Yeah. Like at we heart. all want to be the card. I mean, at the end of the day, we really just want to be the Kardashians. We just want to take people take pictures of yeah. us, and they pay us just to show up, and Remember, we don't gotta do jack shit. Did he have that guy with the umbrella? Yeah, that's what you I want? want. Just want like a dude that that holds an umbrella for me to protect my skin. My I respect skin. that. Yeah, that's some baller status, yeah. guys. June first. Uh, tickets are moving June 1st. It is the Tim Fo Hat Comedy Night presented by Live Nation at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco. You've heard how it's going, dude. Uh, the tickets are moving. We're, the, the club's very excited. We have one show June 1st at Cobb's and then June 2nd at the Punchline in Sacramento. You guys know the drill. We're going hard in the paint. Comedy, conspiracies. Eddie Bravo, Trez Mala, Off the Good Ryan, myself. And we're doing the competition. Whoever brings the most people gets a private show backstage. You get to smoke weed with Eddie Bravo, do a podcast, <laughs> and people are hitting us up about going in some limo to some strip bar weed bar. That Not, sounds suspect. Would, uh, yeah. It either sounds suspect or the greatest idea ever. Yeah, suspect can be wonderful. Yeah. I, mean, I want to go. So that's what it is. Uh, so that's, and I want to get into weed with our experts today because I'm not a weed person. I know you are. I, you know, that shocks me about you. You just look, you have like the face of one. I do. I do. I, w- I was a go <laughs> fast guy, <laughs> not a slow shirt. dude. Yeah. So, so go to Cobbs, uh, get the tickets now, uh, bring your friends, whoever brings most people gets to join us in the podcast and maybe go to a weed strip bar. Uh, so let's get into it. I'm very excited about today's episode. Uh, I mean, obviously, you've heard my opinion on the drug war, rehabs, all that stuff. I think uh, the drug war is a 
poor people's crime. I think uh, throwing poor people in jail <laughs> for doing drugs. I mean, like, how long did we get told reefer madness and all that stuff that if you did drugs, you, you smoked weed, you were going to burn in hell. And then, like, it was all lie. And we knew it was a lie, but we still put up with it. What we're dealing with today is an opiate addiction problem. And my friends here... Uh, one of my friends for about 10 years and his lovely doctor friend, they are in part of this <laughs> new rehab movement that's actually using cannabis oil to deal with opiate addiction. So uh, join us from the High Sobriety Rehab Center, my good friend, Justin Hodak, and Dr. Sherry Yafai. Did I nail it? What's you up, got it. <laughs> How are you? That is the scariest part of the whole show. It's like, Make am sure I going to name fuck right. that name Yafai. up? Yeah. That is the best announcement I've ever gotten. In Thank you guys so much, Doc, for Thanks coming Thanks for on. having us. Justin, you and I have been friends for a very well, long time. time. We've gone through some highs. We've gone through some lows. But it seems like you uh, found something pretty cool. I did. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what's so cool about this is like you're dealing in a rehab and you're dealing with people who've gone through some crazy shit. And I want to kind of get into the history of opiates. But it's like good to see you landed on something so cool and you're very passionate about it man uh can you guys tell us a little bit about the high sobriety uh, rehab center absolutely bro so high sobriety is we're looking for alternative ways to fight the opioid epidemic okay so high sobriety functions as a can the first in the country cannabis inclusive treatment program okay so you know basically it's a 90-day program and what We've coupled with Dr. Yafai, who basically we're teaching people to use cannabinoids as a medication to get these kids off these big farm drugs like Suboxone and Subutex and things like that. Because what happens is, you know, a lot of these kids, they get prescribed sub Suboxone, right, which is an opiate blocker. So, and what do we do? We give the good little addict a prescription. It's just what do you think? Well, and here's yeah. the thing. What do you think happens? After three days, he's trying to pop it to see if he can get high. He's calling the doctor. He's like, Doc, I'm out of subs. The doctor goes, well, fuck. Sorry, I'm not going to jeopardize my medical license by giving you a new prescription. You're going to have to rough it. So what do you think they do? They run right back out there. They stick a needle in their arm and, you know, got, hopefully they make it through. But most of them, a lot of them, they die, right? Now, here's the thing is moving it towards the cannabinoids, right? What is a cannabinoid? Cannabinoids this is a nice way of saying There's such a stigma around the word medical marijuana. So we use the word. Why is there a stigma? Because you think With of who? your grandma. That's exactly what you're, it is. You're a stoner. You're sitting at home. You're not going to do shit. You're right. a pothead. Yeah. That's exactly it. And that's the way a lot of people think. So you, we have to change. We have to change the paradigm. We have to change the way that people look at it. We have to change and start teaching these people to use it as a medication to treat the anxiety, depression, PTSD. You know, when, and the concept is not to get people loaded. It's to get them to a state of mind where they can function. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. So, so we don't have people there all day who are high as a kite we have people who are functional we have people who can deal with their anger issues and their frustration and their embarrassment of all their addiction and who can tolerate that enough to go into therapy and who can make it to the next level and make it out of therapy and make it back into their lives so that's the best part is that they're right. not sitting around high as a kite all right day. Well, and that's the thing in the treatment aspect. It's like, you know, you have the treatment, you know, you have the one-on-one -on -one therapy, you have group therapy, you know, basically life building skills to get these people. But what do you think is happening on the, well, how are they treating the depression with a pharmaceutical medication? How are they treating the anxiety with a pharmaceutical medication just so they can get through treatment? 
just so they can function on a human level. So we want to take it away, not only from getting these people on these pharmaceutical medications, which they more and more get addicted to a lot of them. Anyways, I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying some of them. Right. Yeah. Right? And getting them on something that's more natural. You know, we don't smoke weed at our facility. We just don't do it. As a medical doctor, yeah. she can't, you know, have anybody <laughs> smoke anything. It's like, you know, smoking <laughs> is not something that I usually tell people to do. I don't tell you to smoke cigarettes. I don't tell you to vape. I don't tell you to do any of that. But taking that into consideration, we still think that you are going to get the best parts of it without any of the the bad parts. Yeah. Right, right. right. I mean, and I've never seen somebody run out of cannabis and go hold up a liquor store. Yeah. Right. That's I've true. never, never no, seen maybe, it happen. Maybe a grilled cheese <laughs> right? restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's get it. Give me the grilled cheese. <laughs> we are we are in an epidemic right now. Yes. Um, I mean, America. We are in the midst of a, an incredible drug overdose and uh, opiate crisis epidemic. I mean, right. a new report says that like opiates, synthetic opiates now are forty six percent of all opiate related overdose. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like Correct. fentanyl, right? Yeah. Is that what we're That's talking about? Crazy. Where Fentanyl's did fentanyl big. come from? Like, oh, this, we've always this, had like, it. Cra- has it? Oh yeah, we've had fentanyl for ages. We used to actually use naloxone for regular treatment for pain. Oh. I mean, there's all these things that we've been using. All over the place, and now it's just leaking out into the general public. It's not heroin. Are, well, it's kind of like heroin. Isn't it like a lighter? It's a like if you think of it, here I'll, I'll rattle off like heroin light. A bunch of them. Yeah. So you have <laughs> like Bud Light, right. heroin light. Yeah. You have Norco, hydrocodone, morphine, Vicodin. Percocet, oxycodone, Dilaudid, oxycontin. You've got fentanyl. You've got fentanyl patches. You got fentanyl lollipops. You've got lollipops. So- oh, lollipops. Yeah. That's some bullshit. Right? No, but I'll tell you, it's really. Who are they good. giving these fucking lollipops to our to? cancer patients? To the so, cancer patients. Yeah. So the lollipops actually are really good for our cancer patients. I just imagine a kid sucking right. on one of the lollipop. Right. Lollipops. Oh, and they will. Oh, the, yeah. Exactly. It's going to get into the wrong hands. Well, and it's then what Starbucks does with their fruity drink. Yeah. <laughs> Ever go to Starbucks and you're behind like 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 a bunch of ten year olds yeah. ordering, ordering like, lattes yes. right. with sugar and cream? I like, like the vanilla bean icy thing. And it, it's <laughs> Why do you need to pick me up? Yeah. All you have to do is like you're write ten. in your diary. Yeah, you're ten. You haven't even menstruated yet. Yeah. Like, have some respect. <laughs> some fucking respect. Yeah. But that it's hook 'em young, dude. It yeah. is hook 'em young. And by the way, with Starbucks and the racist stuff, I'm going to bu- boycott coffee bean. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> boycott coffee yeah. bean? Starbucks is too good at coffee. I can't fucking do that. They get so pissed when I mention cof- uh, Starbucks on this podcast because it's a conspiracy podcast. And there's so much shady shit with Starbucks. <laughs> is there? Is that what's going on? Oh, yeah. They're like, you see this? This is all crazy shit. It's just like, and, uh, yeah. But is this it's like Ill- Illuminati so stuff right there? Fuck yeah. coffee bean. <laughs> So heroin, heroin, so heroin. Uh, let's get into the early parts of heroin. In 19, 1898, heroin was first produced chem- commercially by Bayer Company. I mean, that's crazy, right? Is that like the snake oil peddler kind of a guy? Probably, yeah. dude. I, mean, I got the elixir that'll fix everything. Bayer's the maker of aspirin. Bayer. Oh, I thought you said Bayer. Bayer. Oh, Bayer. Okay, now I'm I'm with you, dog. The aspirin people. I thought you meant some bear fucking... Who just bought... They just bought Monsanto. So oh, that's great. like, yeah. Jesus. Right? How that's is that like, even like legal that that can happen? That's like <laughs> the Death Star or Darth Vader buying like the Cobra Kai. It's like, no, it is. It's like evil buying evil. Evil buying more yeah. little evil. Well, it's, it's the Pope <laughs> and, and 
<laughs> well, it's a, I was just talking about like there's all this stuff about the opioid epidemic and like how oh you know medical cannabis is not good and da 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 like there was this whole thing with ASAM about the addiction studies of right. medication that's like Suboxone's good and I want them to come out in NASCAR jackets and just see who they're sponsored <laughs> exactly. by oh, sponsored sure. by Vivitrol sponsored by Suboxone Coca-Cola Coca-Cola even. yeah like, you know it's well, like here's the craziest part the FDA is now approving Epidiolex, which is basically CBD. We already have on the market synthetic THC. It's called Marinol. You can prescribe it in the hospital. You can prescribe it as an outpatient. So now we have two FDA-approved drugs, right, CBD and THC-based, and yet somehow marijuana is the devil. Right? And, it and makes those two no things sense. make up marijuana. Exactly. Right. CBD exactly. is just a non-psycho it's reaction. It's like saying, <laughs> I don't drink caffeine, and I don't um, drink sugar, but you can give me a delicious latte. Yeah, it's so dumb. That. It's right. so dumb. Analysis. Yeah. But it is, it's, all, it's all about being able to... Well, now it's being able to buy two it. pills it's, instead of just one pill. So now your insurance company is going to get dinged for this bill, yes. but then we've got to couple it with this pill, so it's a separate... It just makes no sense. And, and the crazy part about it is that we're talking about companies that have to do with the health of Americans yes. and their first priority is not the health of the American but how can they make money how can they yes. market I mean, it all marketing always. and money Goldman Sachs just came out today they basically an internal memo got out that basically said it's like yeah curing people would be great that sounds great but shitty for the bottom line yeah like right. and that's something like people don't understand like in, especially in the conspiracy world we always talk about all the time is that like the people at the highest levels don't look at us as people, they look at us in, in binary code, basically. Yeah, no, they do. Zeros and ones, man. Yeah, and, like, it. it's all about profits and, and stuff like and that. And your where your bracket yeah. falls and what they can <laughs> get from you. One of the big things at High Sobriety is, is if you keep going back to the same rehab program and you keep failing, you keep flunking out of rehab, why do you keep going back to the same place? Why do you think you're going to have a different result? Like, why are we not figuring out that there needs to be a change? And it's because it's so lucrative. We were having this discussion on the way over here. Rehab and detox make so much money for the insurance companies. They're like, why Like, why would we change this? No, the whole, no, well, no, not the even for the insurance. For, is, you know, the, for these detox like, groups. Yeah. yeah. But why don't the insurance get, don't they get lit up? And they got to pay this out, and they're like, "Why did? Why don't they just sit there and be like, okay, this is some bullshit right there?'" Let's like fix Goldman the Sachs, right? Yeah. The whole the big crash of two thousand eight was based on the fact that Goldman Sachs put together a real estate portfolio in which they they purposely made it so it was going to fail, and then they got all of their investors to basically invest into this portfolio they knew was going to crash and they bought insurance on it like how does like the housing here's, crisis here's the thing. exactly let, what let happened me, with the housing let me explain crisis. to you so the insurance yeah, companies about, yeah. the, the yeah. insurance companies are the devil i mean you have to fight them tooth and nail just to get these kids approved for detox and residential treatment and whether or not they come back in if they come back in a second time they still want to fight a tooth and nail well the kid's not getting it the kid's not getting it it's like we're giving him all the tools. What happens, though, is these medications that these doctors put them on continue to 
cause this effect where they end up relapsing, right? They end up relapsing and they still need help. They still need help. They still need to get in a right mindset. And like the insurance companies are so hard to deal with, man. Mm -hmm. They are the devil. They don't want to like, you know, even watching those movies, like even watching those movies, like what Michael Moore would do about where they, they approved the kid. He was deaf in both ears, but they only approved to fix one ear. that you know what hey you only need to hear out of one kid you don't hear out of none now so if you hear out of one you're lucky we're doing this you're lucky it's like the EpiPen. Yeah. You guys remember this? It just was out in the news, what, six months, a year ago? The EpiPen is now like seven or $800. This is yeah. literally the most life-saving medication. The most have. life-saving. That devil. Like, what was that guy's name that they had in? Was in, that him in, or was it a girl? It was a girl. It was a girl. It was a girl. He was the one for AIDS medication. AIDS That's medication. Right. Yeah. That's right. But then he ends up going to jail. From uh, fraud, or money laundering, or yeah, fraud. Yeah, there was some sort of financial but, shady. But he goes to jail not because of he raised the, the medication prices for AIDS. He, he goes to jail because he ripped off rich people. Oh. He got rich people to invest in stuff it's with fuzzy-ass math. And those are the only fuzzy people. Fuzzy-ass math. <laughs> fuzzy math. That's who goes to jail. I mean, if you look at that whole crisis again, the 2008, who goes to jail out of that? Like a couple people, but really the only guy that goes is Bernie Madoff. Yeah. Why? Because he ripped off rich rich people. people. Yep. Now, I was was talking to some friends last night. (laughs) so fucked up. Right? This is the world that we live in. This is why I smoke marijuana, by the way. Just all all this shit. And we love you. So one of the first big gigs I ever got in Los Angeles was for National Lampoon. And it would, they flew us out to this uh, spring break event, and it was a lot of fun, and, and uh, it was it was a crazy time. But uh, shortly after that, National Lampoon like kind of crashes and burns because the guy who buys it and all of his investors get busted for money laundering. And one guy ran a two hundred million dollar Ponzi scheme, and he's in jail for seventy five years. Yep. Why? Because he ripped off rich people. Again. And that's not even the whole point why he should be in jail. It's so ridiculous. Don't even so talk to me about the rich legal people system. are mad, so yes. they put him in jail. That's the key. We have to get rich people mad to get shit changed. That's, that's it. The yeah, truth. That's, right. that's really you the really truth. just have to get rich people mad if you rip off. I mean, like, I mean, Haiti. That's There's why we're happy to have J- John Boehner and Chuck Schumer now on the marijuana side, right? They came along got, after a fucking long we've time. We've got money now. We've got money on our side. Of course. And that's why all these federal approvals are coming down the pipeline. Why can't the Coke people get cocaine legal with all that Coke money? Coke right? money. There's, so There's much long Coke, Coke money. money. Because Hello? there's no way you can prove that cocaine is good except in I nasal. can prove it's great. I got some great stories. <laughs> you should hear all these scripts that people write on cocaine. Half the movies in Hollywood yeah. would not have been written if nobody was on cocaine. I great stories about cocaine. <laughs> so let's get into, because like Coke, Coke was like at one point legal. It was prescribed it was to in, deal with pain and stuff like that. How we gave pilots, right? Pilots, uh, nighttime doctors would get cocaine to stay awake all night. Pilots would get cocaine to stay awake on their long flights you know this is that's who would get coke we you know we still use cocaine in the hospital for nosebleeds it's you know well, hold on, i gotta go fall on the concrete I'll <laughs> right back. Right. i've never done cocaine I don't hey even do try me a favor cool. hey hit me right here <laughs> 
Sewn has a nose, please, so right. you give it's them not a cocaine? Like, listen, it's not first it line treatment. Your blood I thought it was the other way around. Like, you do cocaine and then you get a nosebleed. I, I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, a little confused. It the bleeding. It's, it's not the first go-to by all means. It's not even the second go-to, but it's one of the it's indications quick. for I cocaine. I just wanted to, what course in medical school teaches you that? The like, most awesome one. The most no. awesome one. <laughs> It's called medical toxicology. Okay. So, so here's ah, wow. here's like the one thing that you will learn, okay, and the one ammunition that I always tell people. Number one, the difference between a medication and a drug. What is it? Legal. No, it's the actually effects? dosage. Oh. The biggest difference between a medication and a oh, drug that makes toxin sense. is dosage. I right. Learned right. New so today. if you think about it, so so here's a, a quick example. Coumadin or warfarin, this is the stuff that thins people's thins blood. Thins people's blood. My right? father used to have with his heart yeah. problem. Yeah. It's Sounds a, like it's characters from Avatar. Yeah. Coumadin. Today we're going to have Coumadin. <laughs> I, mean, the I am Coumadin. <laughs> is that a new Star Wars character? <laughs> from The Lion King. <laughs> so, is that where uh, Black Panther's from? Is Coumadin? Yeah, Coumadin, exactly. So Coumadin, <laughs> so Coumadin and warfarin Not Coke, just a laugh. Are, are both actually what? Rat poison. Rat poison is warfarin. It's called super warfarin or super coumadin. We basically figured out that if you drug up a rat and it just has like a poor sense of direction, it bonks its head enough times, it basically gets a bleed inside its head and dies. That's how you that's, kill a rat. That's Hold on, terrible. That's what rat poison does. That's it what doesn't rat poison, poison them. Nope. It just makes them cuckoo and they just <laughs> run into Whoa. the wall. No, it, like they they notoriously have like I think a bad sense of like yeah, they're rats. <laughs> They yeah, they're like the drunk GPS. mouse. <laughs> the drunk There's mouse. no ways for mice. Yeah. Rats are terrible. They're like all lobby. They can't even walk right there. They all have fat asses. They're like, which way am I going? And mice are like. So you believe being like a female rat? Oh my god, what does my ass look like today? I gotta go take care of my 300 kids. 300. So many kids. They crank them out. Yeah. So 1924. Okay. I just want to get into the timeline. Illegal it. Yeah. Because it goes like it, like everything was legal at one point. The 1800s sounds amazing, right? What well, was the right. wild? That's why they called it the Wild West. Yeah. Right? Everyone's on coke, prostitution, and drugs, but shooting people. It's all cool. Yeah. Life expectancy was like 22. 24. Is that so bad? Right. I mean, it was like, leave you a pretty corpse. Exactly. Right? Leave a pretty and then motherfuckers are robbing your grave right? and selling all your goods to yeah. people. Heaven must have gotten like really ugly over time because it was all young people. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, oh, this new batch is just yeah. like, they're all 80. They all look like prunes. When did this prune shit yeah, get sucks. here? <laughs> we got to go back to having poor. So opiates become illegal in 1924. The Anti-Heroin Act bans production and sale of heroin in the United States. So before that, you could... Just and who- you could also get cannabis, by the way. Cannabis was also legal before that time. So I believe the legality, they both became illegal around the same time. Does oh, yeah. cannabis get made, was it made illegal when they basically outlawed hemp? Was that the all together? Was it Aslinger? I heard, I mean, I don't, I don't that. know. Like, I'm paraphrasing here, but I heard, like, there's something back in, like, forefather time that had to do with hemp or, or or something i don't know if it's forefather time or it was like roosevelt like well we've had a discussion about, about how uh hearst who owned all the uh all the publications all the newspapers yeah. and magazines he he got hemp outlawed because his friend developed a way to make paper that was out it. of pulp that was and it. that's the whole out reason of pulp out yes. of wood 
So oh. they made paper out of wood. Yeah. So that's why they outlawed hemp. So you couldn't make paper out of hemp. So yeah. they just so stopped growing it. All goes so back to the money. All goes back to the money. Yeah, because that's so like from like an ecological standpoint it's terrible it's horrible that's where you're losing all your forests chopping down trees for that is one cool thing about the internet and emailing and like people are using paper less and less yeah so but the problem is it's like they're always doing deforestation because of cattle yeah and I love how they blame like cow farts on the environment, like everything getting like like global warming. Well, it's funny. Like there's n- really it's cow farts. It's not my dad fucking farting and ripping ass all the time. It's your dad like, and there's cow way farts. Way more people than there are cows, right? Are there more cows or people? Well, there there are more people, but cow farts are, have much more like toxicity really? to their. They're dropping H bombs. Well, yeah, they their farts are blaming fucking cow farts toxic. on a certain thing. I mean, you think a cow fart would he'd blame it on his old lady? Yeah, <laughs> normal people. You know what I mean? That's the dog. When you drive in the middle of the country and see how big those meat farms are, those cattle farms, you're like, okay, I can understand where there's a giant hole in the atmosphere because of these things that just we keep shoving move. down our face. <laughs> cow farts are so bad, but I just love the smell of cow. I don't know what what it is. Yeah, because you're upstate New York. I know I'm a little farm girl. You're like, like ghetto country. I That's what we are. Ghetto like country. Hood country. <laughs> hood country. Right. Ghetto country. They're like gang banging and farms all. <laughs> same place oh my god that's so great <laughs> right yeah no you're right so you don't realize how country upstate new york is it until really you is it. You get there. yeah there's, like, a, there's I had a mullet i had a mullet i was break dancing with mullets you were yeah oh, that was bum, really bum, dope. Bum, bum, that's bum, pretty bum. dope yeah. cardboard or just do it right on like can you give us a kick i was the worst and then windmill guy the worst, I but I was a great top rocker and pop locker. I can't yeah. handle you right now. We're just busting out in your mom's little linoleum. I was, dude, we went to the Maple Leaf Festival. You ever go to the Maple Leaf Festival? That's I funny. can't handle you, Triple E. We're cut from the same cloth. In 1970, now this is, I believe, Nixon. I believe is 1970. Is that Nixon? Nixon. What, was it Asslinger before? I feel like Asslinger had a moment before Nixon, but what, what's this Nixon factoid? Well, that's when the Control Substance Act becomes law and it basically schedules drugs and based on the potential for and abuse and heroin is a schedule one drug the same as mushrooms right and the same as cannabinoids and ma- ma- marijuana is the same classification so let's talk about heroin. wait, wait I, I have something i want to add to that so let's talk about that so in order to get off the this is heroin's bad right tricky dick heroin's bad so let's bring these vets back from vietnam oh, and God. put them on Methadone. Let's get them on methadone because we can regulate that. We can tax that. We can make money on that. And now we're getting them hooked on a different substance that we control because there's a stigma on heroin. Methadone. 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 Is that like synthetic heroin? Or what is that? They're all considered narcotics. So they're all falling on the same level here. It's just a matter of like how much, how potent it is. Remember dosage, right? So dosage. Like how you're giving it to people, so heroin you can inject. Methadone is mainly a pill. And let's just talk about the addictive quality of methadone for a second. Heroin, these guys get sick, they puke on themselves, they shit on themselves for three, five days. It's very painful. Methadone gets in your bones. Yeah. I mean, getting them off the methadone is harder than getting them off the heroin. And now we've got them on something that's been regulated by the government to help our vets 
and to help our people that you cannot get these guys off of very safely. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's so, it's, it's so foul. I've been to the VA, the hospital, and my, my ex was a um, in the war and he was a vet. It, the treatment they get is horrible. The amount of pills they put him on, he oh, was yeah. on like, mm-hmm. they put him on like seven pills. Yeah. And initially they were like, well, take three. And then we looked up all the side effects. I mean, it was just, it was, it was literally a potpourri of bullshit. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm starting to have side effects. They fucking added two more and then another one. Yeah. So the, the hardest part about medicine right now is that we have so much and everybody wants to take a pill to fix it. Right. Right? It's like, it's so like it's, Netflix. There's it's, too much to right. watch. It's like the so same I, thing with medication. People walk in and they like, fix me. Give me a pill to fix my problems, right? Be it depression, be it PTSD, be it anxiety, be it social issues, whatever it is, they want to fix. And what do they want to fix in? In the form of a pill. And so we're in this really crazy time in, in, in medicine and in, in our country's era where we're, we now have a pain scale that people report and that doctors are obliged to respond to, and not just respond to, but actually treat you for. So if you walk a pain in, pain scale, yeah. So if yeah. you walk to, in, zero to ten, you have to say, I, I actually have to ask you, or else I won't get paid, right? right? And I have to document what your pain scale is on a on a scale of zero to ten. Ten being the worst pain you've ever had. What is your pain? So that's like a legitimate science in in that world because it feels oh. like just a question that doesn't they, really right. matter. Now, now let Let's me ask you a question. It could get abused really easy, right? Of course. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we found. That's what we're getting at. And I think in the last month they have actually finally realized it's like a Yelp score. Like don't Yelp. Like I don't want your Yelp in my office, right? You, they've actually finally realized that that's not helpful. It is not helpful to your medical care for you to say, oh, I've got a 10 out of 10. I need Norco or I need Percocet or I need Oxy. That's not helpful. The drug addicts will come in being a good drug addict. I mean, what, what's your pain scale? A thousand. What, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's what a drug addict is going to say. What do you want? A Benadryl or an oxycodone? I mean, what do you want? want? You want the maximum right. thing. I want to go out. I want balls deep medicine right, right now. Right. And the, the fucked up thing is that all this medicine, it's just a Band-Aid. It's a temporary thing. Well, and that's the thing and I wanted to touch on too is we don't treat the, the problem. Source. We don't yeah. treat the source. Even with pain management, right? Yeah. They never actually treat the pain. They put a buffer on top of the pain. So these guys are like, oh, I don't feel shit in my shoulder right now. I'm going to go work out or I'm going to go, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think happens? Oh, you they tear it, it more. Yeah. Yeah. My they tear it father, more. my whole life, I've I witnessed a ton of seizures. I mean, like, oh. and I always think it, it affected like my stand up because I was always a lot darker. I, I like I made fun of very dark subjects. I yeah. still do, and I think it's because your it dad just, had seizures. Oh yeah, I'd see it all the time, and I knew when it was coming. It was just so rough, and you know, and Scary. there's just not a lot you, yeah. you can do. But what would happen was my father would get on these drugs for his 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 uh, epilepsy, and they, they you know it, it would control it. And then you start thinking, I don't need it anymore. I haven't had this. I'm not going to say the comic that we see this a lot with this particular comic out there who's always like that. He gets you know like he gets in a good place and then he starts thinking he doesn't need it anymore and then he weans himself on my yeah. dad would do that too he wean himself off this thing w- and then he would start having seizures again that's where you get yeah. issues when when patients try to self medicate yeah. in the form of weaning themselves off i've i've lost friends to that yeah. where they don't they think they can nitrate down on their own 
Well, and we're not saying that people don't legitimately need medication for certain disorders. Like 100%. if you're bipolar, please take your bipolar medication. Yeah. Like if you have something going on that you actually need medication, please. But there's just so much. This system is being so abused and it's being not abused by people, the consumer. It's being abused by the pharmaceutical companies yeah. who are yeah. making these addictive substances knowing what the outcome Well, you have a product you can make money off of. When you look at the medical industry and if you divide it between like narcotics and say like mental health professionals, right. what's going to make more money? Because a mental health professional is providing therapy. That's not really a tangible product. And so it takes time. It takes a lot of time. It takes a time and a lot of energy. Yeah, and a lot of effort and energy. And, and that's, in my opinion, what's lacking in this country is there's a v- huge lack of, of importance put on mental health because we've got these people that are running around that are all dosed the fuck up. Teenagers that don't learn how to deal with their issues. Everybody's fucking numb. Everyone wants Ritalin. Everyone wants Ritalin. Ritalin. They're all numb. No one knows how to deal with the shit on the inside. Yeah. Be happy. You should be happy. You shouldn't be fucking happy all the time. All right. Agreed. Well, I was a Ritalin baby, and it that's what set it off on... Right, I was a riddle in back. So there's nothing worse than a kid that's just tweaked out on the monkey bars, oh. and and you want to know what? Like that's what developed into my addiction with like well, crystal meth and cocaine. Really? Because, oh yeah, because and I I didn't realize it until like yeah, after dude. I got sober. They like what the was that feeling? I'm like, wait, this feeling is kind of familiar, and I really really like it. There's so something. So were you always child- an addict? I've, I've, yeah, I've always been. Oh wow. dude, yeah. Oh man, I mean, that's like even when crazy. I get, you know, I'm sober, but when I when I, when I would get the first time I got sober, I, my addiction would go into other things. Like I started buying mm-hmm. every domain name I could find on GoDaddy. <laughs> right? I bought like two hundred thousand domain names. I was just like, oh, I could use that. I use that, and, just, and I'm just addicted to buying domain names. Take like trip that's to how it goes. Oh my god, I'm losing it. I think uh, what it comes down to, real quick, is uh. You know, when we talk about mental health, because, I mean, I, I've been in 12-step programs constantly. And, you know, it's like you hear people say that they're like sponsors. Like, no, you got to get off that drug. And it's like it comes down to are you trying to relieve or are you trying to escape? Do you know what right. I'm saying? Right. So our whole philosophy is we're using cannabis to medicate you, not to get you high. Right. Okay. So if you're getting high with the medication, I and mean, we have one guy right now who's like, hey, listen, I started feeling the effects like they started to feel high a little bit. We need to dose down. And I'm like, great, let's dose down. We don't need to, we don't need to keep you at that same level for the rest of your life. Our goal is to get to wean you, you off. off. Well, listen, that, that in an ideal world, yeah, I don't, you can use, you can use this for a pleasure issue right Right. at some point in the day we have to say like you're only 25 you're allowed to have pleasure right like but you just need to understand that pleasure association doesn't need mean that you are out of your mind yeah fucked up and that's the most beautiful thing about no cannabis this is the levels of it you can tell there's levels i love you just said fucking i'm throwing f-bombs left and right did it feel good did it feel good let it out we want to get another one out the fucks fly welcome to the land of the wild things it's really very nice you want to toss another one out there yeah drop you know part of our program is that before like they have to do uh rehab and treatment they have to do 30 days of abstinence. Like, yeah. we need to detox them and get them off everything so we get a baseline of assessment of exactly who we're dealing yeah. with. We need your mind clear. What they're clear. about. We need your mind clear before we can even move you over to the high sobriety right. track. Yeah. Right. And that's the super important part. So, you know, with our treatment center, we'll detox them. 
you know, and that's the first them, thing when they yeah, come yeah, in. Yeah, we got to detox them and get them into treatment for the next. And you know, it's medicated. Some of it's medicated assisted. We got to get them on something and titrate them right. lower and so lower and do it comfortable. So titrate. They don't I said nitrate. Titrate. Titrate. Yeah. So exactly. What I want to talk about is like you brought up something about you being on Rinlid very early. I believe that these drug companies are so sinister. They play this long game. And it's, it's all, again, what we talked about with Starbucks and the kids with the frappes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They get them hooked early. Mm-hmm. I, I, listen, man, I think you get kids hooked on the drugs early. They're popping pills early. Then when they get older, it's not a big thing to be, oh, yeah, I'll take five more. I don't even care. I actually believe, because what we find is, in particular, with like young boys are medicated early, and correct me if I'm wrong, Doc, but as we get older, women tend to get more, more, more medicated, and I don't know, uh, we, I have my issues theories. change, yeah. I mean, the, really, I mean, the issues of life change for boys and girls, right? Well, I do believe that it becomes something where, and I think it's done on purpose, yes. yeah. which is yes. to sell girls this idealistic yes. view of what adulthood is, yeah. this, like, Snow White, this like night in a shining. I mean, listen, there's porn addiction nowadays, right? And well, porn I'll get into that. Yeah, we'll yeah, like, but but, but they, <laughs> of course we, we will. treat these right. girls. We make girls believe in this very idealistic. World. Everything should be perfect. You yeah. should always be happy. And if you're not, takes all Take this shit. So when you get into adulthood, and it's not real at all. Yeah, and it's not that it fractures you, and, and then you need a fucking pill for the fracture. Yes, and, and that's what I think this social justice warrior shit is too. Yeah, teach these kids this idealistic super bullshit. Now, listen, man, yeah. all of us getting along, all that stuff. I'm totally. I think we all agree on that. But this notion of like you have to fight words and this and teaching idealism and yep. that you can of apply that offended. to the world yeah. and then you get to the real world and you realize none of that exists. It fractures you and yeah. now you got to get on these drugs. Yeah, and because I you think can't it's handle done it. on purpose. Oh, I totally agree. Because well, fractured people are easier to control. And I think that this whole concept that every kid has ADHD. Sorry, not every kid no. has ADHD. Some kids just need to go out and play. I mean, the fact that we don't have real physical exercise. Remember PE back when we were yes, kids? Yes, it was a whole hour. It was a whole hour yep. every outside, single day. Yep, climbing outside. stuff. We don't do that anymore for kids. Do you get it? Like, it's can insane. you imagine eight hours a day as a seven-year-old? Especially young boys are, I mean, if we go back to caveman days, it's about exploring. Yeah, you got to crash about, shit. You got to break shit. You got to yeah. go out into the forest, feel how the world works yeah cut your knees get dirty even more simple than that you just got to get up and move yeah Yeah. right they had us climbing ropes fit in a seat ropes yeah when i was like hours a day right i mean real simple stuff you You had had to to move move. you know and it wasn't like you know the joke of the 80s like the fat kid in in gym class like haha whatever but it's the idea of getting up and moving and it just it all kind of it tumbles into making this bigger and bigger, bigger tumbleweed. Right? Well, it's yeah. so funny that you were saying the kids, they don't do PE anymore. Like the one thing that makes, and what do they tell adults to do? If you want to feel you better, the gym. exercise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where is this all? Yeah. Like it's just doesn't just, make So now you want sense. me to exercise. So now we got these so kids thinking that everything's supposed to be perfect and you're not supposed to move around. Then they get back out into the world and they find out that everything is not perfect and you're supposed to move and around. And you're probably going to have to run at some point. Well, exactly. Day. 
from danger. From danger. Yeah. Because yeah. yes. there's a guy in the parking lot who was taught that sex is terrible and he's only jerking off in a jacket <laughs> near the subway. Yeah. Because you oh. also got that. Because all we do in this country is we pretend that everything is fine. And if you yes. want to be happy, we have a fucking pill for it. Yes. You know, and, and, and these people about come that. into these schools and they shoot up the schools and they're like, run! And they're like, we don't know how! Yeah. Like, you know, it's... Well, yeah. you know, a lot like, of it is like, that's all, you know, somebody put out this, uh, this thing today about like, we're, we have a problem with misogyny and, and online guys are going crazy. And it's just like, there's way more deeper shit to that. Like all these guys shooting, there's always common things. One is that they're all on uh, antidepressants. They're all on antidepressants. They all play Issues. these video games. Yep. It's super violent. And don't tell me there's no correlation between somebody doing doom walking down, pegging off monsters in a hallway, walking through this fucking hallway of school, pegging off fucking people who bully yeah. them. Because we all know people in our immediate environments who play those video games and we're all like, meh. We're not hanging out with them tonight, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, it's real simple. We're not hanging out with the people who are in their basement every night playing those video games. That's, and some people can't do that, but it's a certain type of person that gets stuck in this world who has a mentality that's not able to differentiate between what's going on and also isn't getting the nurture right. that they need. I mean, right. look at all those people. Did, did any one of those guys who shot up a, a club or a school look like somebody who was loved? No. No. They're all outsiders. And you know what, dude? I mean, this is tinfoil hat. We go kind of deep on this shit. You know, you know we just saw there's some stuff with, like, the government basically has some mind control shit. Now, if you throw somebody on, like, uh, some... Who knows what these drugs, these antidepressants yep. do to your brain? Maybe they open you up to these kind of, like, messages that, that are coming through the video game. Come, I know it sounds crazy, but it's like we've seen this over and over again, these same kind of things where... And then there's all these connections to, like, the CIA and FBI. Like, every one of these shooters had met up with the FBI or the CIA, like, two or three months before it happens. Like, every one of them, there's a connection to it. So it's like... All these weird things are coming together. So how do we stop this? Do Are you going to tell me we're going to stop violence in movies and video games? A billion dollar industry. Uh, drugs and uh, 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 the pharmaceutical companies. Billion dollar industry. Guns. Gun sales. I mean, they, they're in the industry. White House. You know? The NRA literally has an office. In That's the White why House. I said yeah. I want to see the politicians with the NASCAR jackets. But you know, seriously, I just want to say something real quick about the NRA and all that stuff, and I don't want to get anybody weirded out. But just know that the the media who who paints these NRA and all these people as these bad guys, these are the same media that is complicit in lying to you about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, who are the mouthpiece of these these military industrial complex that is right now either participating actively in or is supplying weapons to two of the biggest humanitarian crises of all time, which is Yemen and Syria. The media is the worst. So you just got to realize that like, before you like start really like demonizing people, you just really got to really understand who's telling you the, yeah. these right, sides right, of right. these stories because really bad shit's going on in the rest of the world. And when you look at the, our country, and we'll get back to this real quick, but when you look at our country, our military, more than any other military in the world, and we look at all these other countries that like they've taken away guns from everybody, their militaries are not used 
as the stormtroopers for these very dark, dark forces. Bankers, big pharmaceuticals. You know, when we find, like, fucking, uh, you know, like, uh, a great place to grow opium. Or we find, like, uh, stuff to make uh, uh, your phone in a, in, a, in a mountain in Afghanistan that's worth trillions of dollars. Like, like our military is used by those companies to go in and kick in doors and blaze for force. <laughs> And it's like, it's very like, you have to really take a look. It's, it's such a bigger game than all that shit. And it's like, that's all I just want everybody like to really take a look at. Like the people who are telling you about all this shit about guns. They're the same ones that are selling you on just straight up war crimes. Yeah. yeah. And the hardest part is they're using people, right? Uh, they're using our, our sons, our loved ones, our husbands, our children to go f- Go and fight their, wars. fight their wars. Exactly. And then they come home. And, and there's then, no care for them. And then there's, there's no care no for them. Care. No and care. So, and they're strung out on drugs just to treat the PTSD because right. what they saw over there wasn't, you know, because they weren't running around in school. You know, I'll tell you. <laughs> it wasn't. I'll tell you a story about an, an ER patient I had one day who was this, this war vet who comes in and he was just done. Like he was done. He was probably 35 or 40 and just couldn't handle life anymore and the more I talked to him the the sadder I got the more upset I got about god how can we how can we let you go fight our fight and it may may or not may or may not be our fight but go fight for us and then have you come up to defend your country right and then have you come back and he's like you know everybody on my team is dead already and it's not because they died in the war it's because they come home they they commit suicide every single one of them in my unit is dead 22 a day yeah and it's just one of those things where we're like you know it doesn't take that much it doesn't take that much to reach out across the way and say hey thanks i appreciate you thank you for still being alive i still want to see you alive any guy i see in a hat i thank him and And it has nothing to do with our politics or our gun policy most people join the military because they want to be protect the country but the truth truth of the matter is we haven't protected our country since (laughs) world war ii (laughs) like let's be clear like we haven't protected our country since they're going to do it to get themselves educated they're going to for their family they're going to make money i mean these these people are going into the military for a reason, and the reason is usually very pure. They it's want yeah. not a, a malicious, themselves. right? Yeah. Exactly. They're looking for a greater future for themselves, for their children, for their parents, for what have you. But then the military also targets, you know, people who are underprivileged. Oh yeah. 100%. Oh, so here's the best part. You ready for this one? Wait, 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 wait. So when they have the um the government shutdown, do you know who the first people to not get paid are? The military. Guys. The fucking yeah. grunts. Yeah. The military. The oh. bottom of the yeah. barrel, Listen making eighteen grand a year. I yeah. want to go to. This. They're the ones that aren't getting paid first. Yeah. Listen. Oh my god! I flipped out when I fucking heard that. Yeah. The, the truth That's of the matter is, this is a long game being played by these people. Think about yeah. this, right? The the long and I want to get into your yeah. thoughts on this because I believe the opiate epidemic right now is eerily similar to the crack epidemic mm-hmm. of uh, the eighties, and that was of course, and it was wrong when it happened. And when they went after the uh, the, the 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 ghettos and yep. the the, uh, the black youth, and they flooded the ghettos with first what they do. This is it's uh, and it's the same game plan. Everybody. What is it's it's demonize them in the in in the media. Yeah. So 100%. you demonize young Making black them, youth as criminals yep. and all that stuff. Yeah. Then you pull all the jobs out. 
Then you flood the, the, the area with drugs. And then you take the males out of the, out of the household, you throw them in jail, and now the family unit is broken. It's fractured. So now let's take a look at the opiate epidemic, okay? It's completely opposite. You want to know why? You're, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just hear me out, and then you could, you could disagree with me if you want. Uh, so, so we have uh, – Clinton comes in in 1991. He, he uh, does free trade, which ships all the jobs out of, out of the uh, country. <laughs> so then we get Bush comes in, 9-11 happens, we go in Afghanistan. Now we're flooding – flooding the, the, you know, the suburbs, the farmlands with heroin. Now everybody's hooked on heroin. Now what do we see in the military? Fucking all white guys are racist. All white guys are rapists. All white guys are Trump supporters. They're all fucking alt-right people. And now we've demonized them. There's no jobs. We flooded the fucking everywhere with drugs. And now we're going to see... Everybody's going to jail for drugs right now. Everybody's dying or they're going to jail for drugs and it, they're getting locked up. And now the, the poor and middle class white family unit is going to be destroyed. It's eerily similar. And then we find out that Obama, I don't know if you heard about this. It's amazing how we've, we really let Obama. Be, and, you know, everyone's like, America's racist. I'm like, hey, man, we look at a black president and we refuse to look at any of his warts. Because we think he's the black president and he was the good guy. But if you look at fucking, there's something going out right now called uh, 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 Obama Khan. Right now it's called okay, and that was basically like um, the Iran Contra affair when uh, Bush had. Uh, they were basically selling crack. They were selling crack in the ghettos, taking that money and funding foreign uh, yeah, yeah. armies. That is well, so fucked. Well, that was the all, now we all found out north. Yeah. that uh. Obama. Basically pulled the DEA off of investigating whether Hezbollah was selling drugs in America to fund their armies, which is the exact same fucking thing. And I guarantee you, they said it was coke. I guarantee you, if it's Middle East, that's fucking heroin, man. And they, they, they pulled that off. And now it's the exact same thing. And that's what they do. They always repeat their fucking game plan over and over again. And that's why I think this shit is a long game being played. And this epidemic is fucking state-sponsored, man. Flood people, get them sick, get them over it, throw them in jail, fucking get dad out of the household and crush it. So the problem with that theory, though, is is that the opioid epidemic doesn't just stick to heroin. It's not just the poor. It's not just the whites. It is everywhere, and it's in epidemic proportions. It is killing the most people under the age of 50. It is our number one killer. Under, If you're under 50, you are more likely to die of a narcotic overdose right. than you are anything else. Okay. And, and you want to know who it's killing the most? Young white males. That's what, I, yeah, but, that's what I'm but, saying. But it's, but it's everywhere. It's, no, I'm, I'm not saying right. that. I mean, there were white people smoking crack. There right. was white people doing coke. There's white people doing all that during the, the crack epidemic. Right, right. But it's not just our poor. It's not just our poor anymore. It's our wealthy, and that's how all of these rehab facilities out in Malibu are working. Listen, they're charging 45 and 60 yeah, grand a month. Well, and here's the funny thing is now, now it makes – you want to know why, and we'll get into that conversation. I agree with you on this, is that do you want to know why it's national news now? Because it was attacking young white males, which is fucked up. I mean, you know what I mean? Nobody gave a fuck about crack and the young urban areas back in the 80s. But also you have to look at the environment, like technologically speaking. The 80s, 
you didn't have Twitter. You didn't have social media. Right. So it is like I do agree with what you're saying, but it also is kind of easy to throw it like a blanket statement and say people didn't care, cared more here, cared less here. Right. We didn't have the ability the to, 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 to go care. and just be to like, take care. videos exactly. and look at what right. the fuck is happening. I remember right. when I was in college and I went very early in the 90s and I remember there was a push to get crack uh, that have the same penalty as cocaine. And I used to laugh at because I didn't understand what they were doing. I'm like, who defends crack? And then I realized why they were doing it. Because crack tend to be a black, yeah. poor person drug. And like what Clinton did, and this was the Clintons, they, they made like a nugget of crack to be the same penalty as like a helicopter full of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's institutional yeah. racism. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wanted to yeah. talk about that. So then I like, I'm like, oh, I get it. That's yeah. why you're fucking fighting to change yeah. it. And that's why I do think, and, and, and it's across all no, no, boards. Right. And I'll tell you, the first time I mentioned, I was in an Uber. I Uber places, of course, right? Everyone I, does. Yeah. So I was in an Uber coming back from a <laughs> cannabis convention downtown LA. I'll never forget this. And, I, you know, I, I'm a doctor. Like, this is still really kind of borderline for most physicians to acknowledge that cannabis is a medicine, yeah. let alone going to a weed convention right. in downtown LA. Yeah. So I'm driving, I'm, the driver's driving me back from the L.A. convention, and I remember <laughs> him being like, oh, what were you doing downtown? I was like, um, I was at a cannabis conference, and, you know, really quietly, I was at a cannabis conference, and it was a nice young black driver, and he's all like, oh, no, I don't touch that stuff. That's how you're going to get put in jail. I've had family members put in jail. You don't go close to that thing. But you don't ever hear, I mean, like, you don't hear the same thing out of everybody else's mouth. I think there was recently a white comic who was talking was on SNL who did a, a whole thing about, you know, oh, marijuana is not a drug. I mean, it's not a illegal drug for me because I'm white. I mean, it's it's a really it's a really scary thing to think that without right? a doubt, the drug war has been institutional yes. racism. What yes. I'm saying is I'm seeing the beginning of it to go after poor. Like for me, it was definitely after poor black right. in particular, mm-hmm. poor black males. Right. What I see now is it's moving in to middle class. And I'm not saying that rich white people don't get affected by that. Yeah. I'm saying what are the consequences for them? Yeah. They can clean it up with money, rehab, yeah. and get it, the right it's lawyer like every, to get out yeah. of it. So now we're moving into like poor whites and poor uh, and middle class whites, throwing them in jail, uh, death, uh, taking them out of the family family right. fucking unit, man. Right. We've seen it forever. And what else goes on is that we now we see that uh who's the uh what is his name that he he wants to go after people who legalize drugs. Jeff Sessions, Jeff, right? Jeff Sessions. So Jeff yeah. Sessions wants to go after marijuana now and now he's like doing a giant six billion boost to fight like the drug war. Here it is again. Like he's our Henry Asslinger. That's who he is. It's he's the he's same our thing, right? yeah. He's just a reboot it's, of Henry Asslinger, and that's yeah. who's. And the, the truth yeah. is that it's the police, and it's the uh, uh, it's the um, uh, the uh, security guards in jails that are fighting against legalization of drugs because their pension's going to go and their budgets are going to go. And that makes me so fucking sad when you have these privatized prisons who are like, oh, dude, if you don't get us... We had that famous county, I think, in Indiana. It was like, if you don't get us 300 more inmates, we're closing this shit down. What are we doing here? Yeah. It's a business. Yeah. It's a business. Incarceration's yeah. a business. Incarceration's a and business. Drug addiction's a business. It's and and just... keeping people keeping people mentally unhealthy, physically unhealthy, and at the mercy of drugs is what keeps the rich rich. Yes. Well, and that's what we we just want to help people, man. I'm sorry. So let's get into sense. what you guys yeah. are doing. Yeah. You know. I want to talk, and I didn't. I I just really want people to understand like how important it is 
to get away from the stigma. I think the, the war on drugs, again, is a poor pe- person's drug. I think everything should be either decriminalized or at least like at least decriminalized. Yeah. I think legalized. I can stop doing drugs. I can, and I have. I can't stop being a felon. It's really hard. <laughs> and and then you, you got a you felon's face. Both, right? I do look you like a felon's felon. right? face. I look like the guy who goes to law school and co- in jail and helps everybody fight their cases. You, right? you look like the guy that I find in my closet that's just been heavily breathing for days. That's me. <laughs> so, so this is kind of what our, our shtick is, right? Like we want to not just help you stop using drugs, right? We actually want to stop having you be a felon. Like because Justin does a real good stick on this. We we were just (laughs) talking about you know it's just you know the whole. We want to save lives, regardless of how it looks. We catch a lot of shit from you know people in the treatment community for what we're doing because it's new. You know, marijuana's not the way. It's like you know what, dude. Everything that we've been doing up until now doesn't work and like in our industry like there's such an archaic way of thinking mm-hmm. right they're still on that same old school hazeled in or the shick remember shick a 28 day program and two one week follow ups you remember seeing that commercial in the 80s they're still trying to use these models I mean granted they have different modalities but they're so archaic and I tell them like if you like if, if human beings as a whole had that archaic way of thinking we'd still be riding horses in fact, you two wouldn't even have that voices. That sounds great. I would love to be quiet on a horse. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. If you I could would be love silent to be quiet. Uh, exactly. That's oh, a ghetto what country. What a dream. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. And then the other part to it is, is like we are in this new age of marijuana. Really. Right. New age of marijuana. We can now actually separate out every chemical in marijuana. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're now looking at it on a really like microscopic level. And we can say, hey, this part is going to get you high. This part is not going to get you high. And we can even make that mixture. Is and there one that, that makes taste. you not paranoid and not want to masturbate? Yeah. I need that weed. I need that's that one all too. I want to do. That's, that's the Mexican one I need. That's going to be CBD only. Yeah, really? Because I just CBD. like, oh, and I locked the door. Like the, the lizard people. And yeah. I just well, start fucking. Here's the thing. Like from a hurting tre- myself. <laughs> from a treatment aspect. So we're coupling the cannabinoid medication with a full you know and we couple it with a treatment program so people still need the clinical aspect of everything they need therapy they need basically a different structure of living right because everybody has systems and dynamics like my systems and dynamics today are a lot different than they were yeah. when i was coked out when in a hotel r- cooked out right? adrenaline on the monkey bars exactly <laughs> so like my systems like my dynamics in the morning is like i wake up i have my coffee i go right to the gym i come home i take a shower i go to work i rinse wash repeat right right for a drug addict it's like they come to they don't wake up they come to <laughs> right and then they maybe they'll throw up on either in the shoe or the person next to them. Am I we, terrible we, that I'm laughing? No, 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 no. But it's true. Like, and that's my whole thing. Like, the reason, podcast. like, I do my job. Like, the reason I, I, I'm in the admissions position is I can get people, even in their darkest times, to laugh at the behavior. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's all about finding the humor in the darkest situations. Yeah. Right. So it's like they come to, and then they need to. Fit. Now they're in constant state of fear. Right. Why are they so afraid? Because I'm about to get sick. And I need more drugs, oh. pronto. Oh. So now I got to figure a way, out a way, whether I need to rob, that cheat, lie, or steal, Oof. or sell myself. Oh. The incomprehensible demoralization to figure out this next piece, that's right? So sad. And then they go and they get their ten dollars because that's all it takes for me to get well. And now I got to call the dude, and now I call the dude, and now I'm waiting for the dude, and I'm waiting for the dude. And I'm waiting for the dude, and I'm waiting for the dude, and I'm waiting for the dude. So I call the dude back, and he's not answering, and now I'm in a panic, and I'm waiting for a dude, and then he pulls around the corner, and now I'm well. And I anesthetize just so much 
that I don't have to think about this shit until tomorrow morning. Right? That's their dynamic. Oh, yeah. What a so, horrible existence. What a horrible existence. Dude, but it's the thing about it's in your they're, bones. Com- they're yeah. comfortable with it because it's their shit. The yeah. things that human beings fear the most is change. Yeah, of course. Because they think the change is automatically going to be horrible. And I tell the people I'm on the phone with, like, I'm on, you're in your shit. You know exactly the temperature of your shit, how your shit smells, and it may be shit, but it's your shit and you're comfortable of it. And what I'm here to offer you is a different way. I'm trying to grab your hand and pull you out of the shit tub and tell you, you know what? It's not as bad as you think. It's going to be a little bit different, but you're going to be clean and you're going to smell a little better. Yeah, and you're also going to feel and have right. all these sensations you've been numbing for so long. But right. they don't want to, they, and that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is they're afraid to. So what you know, what we have to offer is, you know, like I said, the first 30 days we put them in treatment, right? They don't even touch the high sobriety track until about day 31, usually. That's average because we got to detox them. We got to get them into therapy. We got to talk about there's so much trauma that these people yeah. go through just while they're out there. What's the youngest patient you've had? I mean, we can't treat anybody under... 21 no, uh, 25. No, in the rehab, we can't treat anybody under 18. So where do those, I mean, where do those kids go? They go to certain, like, there's there's not, there's a few good adolescent programs, but there's, this is what, like, I would like to open. There's just so much federal guideline that when it comes to adolescent treatment that a lot of people in our industry are afraid to do it because there's so much guideline, red tape, yeah. so much red tape when it comes to minors. And what it does is it keeps people away from actually ha- having a facility that treats minors. What if I'm a parent of a kid who's on opiates? What are the early, early, early telltale signs? Is there, are there any indicators that your kid is doing this drug? Opiates? Yeah. I mean, you can pretty much tell with opiates in the beginning because like, they, they nod off. They're, they're itchy. Sleepy. They're like sleepy. Yeah. They, they do this. You know, you ever they're see the, the movies where, oh, oh boy, like they scratch an itch that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Their eyes are really low and they'll just. So it's pretty apparent. Oh, yeah. And so it's it's the kids who are just opiates. Be- no, benzos. I mean, can you guys get into like math? Oh yeah, we, oh, yeah. we treat everything. We treat everything. But the thing we're seeing the most of, like most of my uh, client, most of our clients, are opioids, yeah. right? And basically, not only do and we, alcohol. Well, and that's the thing is like we want to teach them a way of living. Yeah. We have to teach them a way of living and really get to the root of the problem and address the trauma. Oprah just did this huge thing on trauma. I'm a victim of trauma. I'm sure everybody at this table can talk about some way of trauma. Last night on that, stage. Last <laughs> me watching him. Right. We both experienced different levels of trauma. There's different levels of trauma. There's physical and emotional no, abuse. You're you know what I mean? There's sexual abuse. There's so many different levels of trauma that don't get addressed, and it's one of the main reasons that people use yeah. substances. They're masking, necess- the they're masking the trauma. Right. I did that for years yep a lot and of my trauma do. like i'm just starting to see a trauma therapist because my trauma has come up and gotten me into some hairy situations yeah you know and like i'm addressing that now you know i mean it's like i didn't really think about looking and we need to kill this like cut it off at the head right and the cannabis is just another way to get these people on a functional functioning medication Right. Instead of being something that they're hooked on. Yep. Like Ativan, Benzos, sleeping pills. Uh, you know, the, that's the next step that we do. Typically, in most medical facilities is we throw more medication at right. these kids, right? So when you're talking about, like, they're coming home with 7, 8, 10 pills, it's normal, right? right? You need your mood stabilizer, your anti-anxiety medicine, your nighttime medicine, your 
you know, and then you add on incontinence medicine because your bladder shut the shit down from all these other fucking pills you're on. And here's the thing, right? People say, well, are you substituting one drug for another? That's a question we get a lot. What we do is a harm reduction model, dude. And if it keeps a needle out of your arm and it keeps you out of the fucking grave, I don't give a fuck what you call it, dude. I'm here to save your goddamn life. And you know know what? And anybody who else is like, you need to do it this way because that's not fuck you. In your old ass model. Fuck you and your old ass model. I'm saying it loud. Dude, My name, yeah. Let me just say this, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bill W. thought at the end of the 12 steps that you should do shrooms or acid and have a spiritual <laughs> experience. And they want they he he did it four times and they tried to kick him off the board because they wanted just fucking Sobiety. straight. Sobi- they didn't think it. He was like, Nah, dude, you got fucking break on through and see what the fuck's going <laughs> right. on. Anymore. I kind of like that. And they yeah, use shrooms now. We're talking about the we've had a we had an episode earlier. We talked about that that these vets coming back from wars, right. microdosing, microdosing, microdosing is going to be the future yeah, of a lot everything. of everything healing. I it's going to be that and micro penises. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll <laughs> get into that in two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to go together. So, I so want a little teeny penis. Cocaine, heroin, meth, pharmaceuticals—they all have a dose. That is lethal. You could take it. You could die. Alcohol seems to have the yes. the highest. Alcohol is rate. actually the most dangerous. Right. One. Well, the but, detox for alcohol yes. is the most dangerous so detox. Alcohol so is would, the only detox that you can die. From. You can die from. Which is, what's her face died from that? Right. The uh, the singer. The, the um. What's her face? The, the older. Uh, no no no. Amy Winehouse. Oh yeah. Amy Winehouse. That's what they say. She it, does. She uh, alcohol detox, detox is the most dangerous. Yeah. Alcohol detox followed also. only by benzos. You would think that it would yeah. be heroin, right. but it's like it's not. It's like you know heroin, heroin has a physical addiction too. Meth and coke, you have a psychological addiction to. But the alcohol, like trying to detox somebody from alcohol, that's a scary one. Bro. It goes, yeah. it's, it's it permeates your whole fucking body. Body. My, my father was like a functioning alcoholic for a few years, and he quit cold turkey against the advisement of his neuro doctor. His neuro doctor said, You're having early signs of dementia. You should not quit cold turkey or drinking because it can exacerbate the, the side dementia. effects in the dementia. And the, the day he quit, now, retrospectively looking, he has Alzheimer's now. The day he quit was when all of his symptoms went into full fucking gear. Yeah. Because he was dependent on this drug, and his body totally was when like... your body like, adapts, it like becomes like your blood. Yeah, it becomes like your blood. singer that so just com- died from Motorhead, Lemmy. Yep. Lemmy. He did meth all the time, and he's like, I got to get off meth. The doctor's like, you can't. You've been doing it so long. That's it crazy. Shock That's your so system. crazy. It will shock your now, body. Now, cannabis... So- Nobody's ever died from it except for rappers seem to o- be no. the only people who smoke <laughs> weed and get shot, right? They're yeah, always that's, that's, but that's, yeah. Those two things are like, right? I feel like those aren't mutually I'm just saying. No, it's not mutually exclusive. Exactly. I feel like that's so different. So, yeah, rappers so there is no shot. actual lethal dose for cannabis. But, but I say this with a grain of salt because people are all sorts of creative and fucked up all at the same time. One's right. going to be like, it's, I'm going to figure it out. That's right. right. I'm going to be the first. Somebody is going to be the first to be like, I'm going to use the most cannabis, whatever. That I'm going to choke on how many You have to yeah. eat like a pound, put a pound in your pizza. Right. You know, like, what I mean? well, like, you know what's crazy is like the, the, this drug, no matter like how much you use, you can't die from it. But you right. also think you're dying a thousand times. Right. So, <laughs> so that's right? when you're like on an edible with too high of a dose, you're like, I died. Like the cop. <laughs> The cop who called after making the brownie. My wife and I, she just died. Oh, God, I just died again. <laughs> Did you hear that? Uh, who gave awesome himself though. in? He's like, he's like I, yeah, I can't do brownies. it anymore. So wait, wait. So really important, though. There's no lethal dose. But 
Mark my words, somebody will figure out a way to do it. Okay, so or something else will happen, and they'll blame it on that he was hot. Yeah, right. don't you think it, if there were lethal doses, it would have happened by now? No, because I think people are getting smarter and more available to it, and we're figuring out how to make it stronger. The, That's the true. actual weed we can make stronger. Yeah, now, these right? dab machines. So Oof. in the seventies, I remember taking doing? a hit, and just as I inhaled, I just drooled. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, I, went, uh, I felt the earth fold under my feet. I'm like, I'm a taco. Yeah, yeah. I'm a taco. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like in the 70s, it was 7% THC at the max. Right now, we're going upwards of 80%. Well, what, what was that the conversation you amount. and I had the other day? Like, I was in awe. You were talking about the weed in the 70s. You were talking yeah. about the pills. Like, they have the CBD pill and they have the THC pill. And you're talking about how we, like, super process and miracle grow. These yeah. huge the marijuana today. Like, you take one hit and you die. Yeah. yeah. Like, but what about the thing about the, <laughs> the, 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 the weed thing. in so the 70s can... was, was, like, cool. And people would smoke it all day just yeah. to be level. And the, it's like... It yeah. was a whole different level of marijuana we were dealing you with. You got too many bros growing yeah. it. So yeah. the bro, so the bro grow that super thick leaves. I remember <laughs> you had to do like lawn maintenance on your weed because yeah. you had to get out the branches and the seeds. Sticks yeah. and the seeds. Yeah, I miss that. I want my dirty right? old like grass Mexican weed from high school. Yes, I went yeah. to a Vegas uh, weed shop and it was like I was in Foot Locker. <laughs> <laughs> Just dudes and fucking referee outfits. Yeah, it's like everyone's like, so what kind of notes do you? This gives you like a nice sense of euphoria. So no lethal dose. But here's the thing. Remember, even water, if you drink too much water, you can die of water poisoning. Okay. So if something as simple as water, which is good Good and healthy for you, is good. Listen, it's like I said from the beginning, medication, toxin. Only difference is dosage, right? It's a fine line. So it's a fine line, but at one point we're going to figure out that line and we're going to overdo it. So it's just important to be mindful of it, okay? What is, Don't overdo it. What, take us through real quick as we're wrapping up here. What is the uh, process for getting in in order to get in? And are, how many of these rehabs are there? Just, just one. Where Whoa. are you guys? Culver City. There's only in, one in the only entire, one the entire country. Guys, guys? Absolutely, I have a partner. We're going to be opening a dispensary. I would soon, love so for you to come see us and what we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the process to getting in is to call us. You know, you, people find us on the internet, highsobrietytreatment.com. Um, they can call the. Uh, you know what? I don't know the eight 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 number by heart, which is kind of fun. Is this it right I, here? One eight hundred five one five. Three nine zero nine. Is that it on the website? I think so. And that's My it. Buddy yeah. Brian put these notes together. He's, <laughs> He's going to be like, shit. hello. Yeah. And you know, and <laughs> strained escort service. How can I? <laughs> and a lot of people call and, you know, we get a lot of concerned parents like, uh, yes. are, you, are you just going to let my kid be high all day? I can let him sit no, at home. No, we're do not. That. And we're not doing that. And, like, that's something I really want to make And that's a point what we want to make a point on. Like, it's super important. How like, do you, you know, adjust? How do you feel like, well, how do you find out how. What's the right dosage? Right, because you know and I know that pot is so personalized, right? Like, it is not a magic number. It's not like I give you four it's individually. and you're done. Yep. We go through and we individually design it for you and your personal issues. That's it. It's That's individualized. It. And if they want to come in, they call us at 800-515-3909. I'm, Is that the number and, I just said? Yes. But I'm just, I'm He's just, reiterating. I'm reiterating. You know, it's like a commercial. I know, I the, I know the direct I number. I just know, know the 800 number. You're which, calling now in the fun next five minutes. You get if it. my bosses are listening, I'm fired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, and then they talk to me and I'm the first one on the How phone. How long yeah. has this been going High sobriety? Yeah. It was going, it's been going for about three or four years, but we had to shut down to restructure the program and really put it together with a clinical piece as well as the cannabis medication piece. How is your rehab process 
How is the whatever this listen? And what I get really upset about, and tw- let me I'll ask a question about the notion. Like, you remember that was whole thing when Charlie Sheen's like, only five percent of like uh, people in twelve step programs stay sober. I go, well, that's not really success. That's not that's what not you define success. success. If I'm smoking crack every day, living in a fucking dumpster, and I get sober through this thing and I go five years I go a year and I that's a success and I, I I relapse I smoke crack but then I'm back like that's, that's a, a dude, you want to know what yeah. it's so that's funny exactly that's exactly right. what I say I go well I say how do you measure success I go if you think that we follow these people around with a clipboard until their dying day seeing if they relapse it's just it's it's you, you can't do that right it's such a hard but thing. but here's the thing is if we give them the tools and the skills that they go and maybe they might go out for a day but automatically they have those tools and they come right back the next day. I would measure that as a success. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And that's the thing. And, you know, I, w- I just want to talk about the process Go to coming it. into high sobriety for a second. So high sobriety isn't necessarily a treatment center because it is illegal to have a cannabis-inclusive treatment center right now because of the because Federal. of the insurance company. <laughs> yeah. So what canna- high sobriety does is it functions as a cannabis-inclusive sober living that we attach to our treatment center where people can actually get treatment and they're not thrown out because they're using cannabinoids right. as a right. medication. Well, we see things turning as well, too, you know, due to, like, outpatient. You know, cannabis in California now is legal. It's like if somebody's going to an outpatient clinic to get off drugs and they have alcohol in their system, they're not in, you know, they're not in, uh, that, that doesn't matter because right. alcohol is legal. So now they're figuring it out with cannabis because that's legal now as well. Right. But when you're in the actual inpatient, insurance won't approve, like if they're actively using cannabinoids, right? So high sobriety has to function as a sober living that's attached to a, a treatment center. You and, know, so... Um, and the, the, we treat it like well, a medication. So we treat, you know, you don't have pot on your person at all times it's in a you know locked area with the rest of your medications you get it when you're dosed for it you don't get it at all times you don't get to put it in your pocket you don't get to take it around with you everywhere you're not high all the time you get to go to treatments you get to go to your intensive outpatient therapies you come back home you can go to aa you get your gym workout you do all of those things you've got a schedule going right and it's just another it's a it's just another treatment it's a tool. Right. You eventually get to a, a placebo effect where you like give them like, hey, here's your medication. And it's not just to wean them off it. So then they maybe. No, because my goal is not just to like give them like, you know, snake oil. Right, you know, right, my right. goal is to actually <laughs> give them like. And I, jazz hands right, with I'm not, the snake, jazz hands. Hands. snake oil. Fossey, fossey, one. No, but the purpose is to because because if you believe in the fact that it's aiding in your recovery and it's allowing you to not be angry all day and anxious all day because you're still having cravings and you're still dreaming about getting high, you're still dreaming about drinking, you're still dreaming about you know shooting up. That's what we're using it for. So you stop your cravings. You stop thinking about you know getting high all the time. You stop that anxiety about your traumatic childhood you stop the anxiety about your fears that you're socially awkward or that you know boys might not like me i mean whatever that is did you read my diary okay did you read my diary before uh, our special call you guys boys just don't like me you guys just had a bonding moment (laughs) i mean like whatever that issue is or like we have one we have one patient right now who's you know a stellar stellar patient he 
couldn't sleep at night. So we have him on an edible at nighttime to get him to sleep through the night instead of having an, um, him on Ambien so that he goes through Does he early. Become hooked on that edible though. No, because he skipped a dose the other day and he okay. was just fine. I mean, it's it's the concept is is to get you through the day and to re-engage in your life. Right. You need get to you re-engage to, in life. Right. Yeah, get you to the base. You know what? You know what? Other people seemingly are able to do without it. Some people need that step, yeah. right, and that bridge therapy. That this is the bridge that we're allowing them to have to kind of get back to where they need to be. And we look at it as an exit drug, not a not a gateway yeah. drug, but as an exit drug to then the baseline. So That's you know, so they get, dope. well, yeah, we look at it as <laughs> an like exit. That. Well, and then so, to go back to what we were saying earlier, the whole you know what is what is success and how do we measure success? If you've been using drugs and alcohol for fifteen years, heroin, and, you haven't had, and now you haven't had it, and you haven't had a sober day for more than you've never had more than thirty days of sobriety in fifteen years. Right. What is success to you? I think 60 days is a success. I think 90 days 100%. is a success. 100 percent. I think 120 days is a success. 100%. I think every day at that point is a success. And you just keep saying that to them, and you need to believe that. You can't just say it and be like, eh, you know, congratulations, you made 60 days. Woohoo. You yeah. have to really, you have to really right. value that. And right. you have to understand that totally scientifically, our brains, after using, for example, alcohol for 10 years or 15 years, it's totally rewired and it's actually shrunken. What's meth Every- do to you? Well, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> you know, you don't even have to ask that question, bro. What's meth bro. do to you? <laughs> but alcohol. What's meth do to you? <laughs> alcohol will actually shrink your brain on an MRI, and if you're sober for a month, that brain will expand a little bit. And after five years of sobriety from alcohol, it will even expand more. Oh, wow. And so you talk about sobriety. Every day counts, and every day counts to get you back into yep. your regular functioning decreasing the cravings, getting your life back into a place where you can have a normal interaction and maybe even get married or have kids or get a job or pursue other things You're in life. You're right into my soul while we you want to help. Yes. Crack is, is this a, crack am I in an intervention? What's crack to you? You were wondering why we gathered you here, right? Sam. She's reading my diary and saying I'm going to get married one What's day. What's the worst drug to your brain? The worst drug well, to your brain. To answer your question, what does meth do to you? Yeah. Remember the old donut time on Highland yeah. in Santa Monica? That's crystal meth, bro. So what's, <laughs> hold on. So does crack, know. meth, all of them have the same effect, or is it all just like different weird shit? You know, the funny part is, is if I ever meet a drug addict who only uses crack or yeah. only uses meth, I would be really surprised. Because 90% <laughs> yeah. of, listen, they're all using a yeah. mix of Whatever all of it. Whatever it takes yeah, to get away. Yeah, Mr. GoDaddy.com. <laughs> I'm drinking. Whatever gets those endorphins. Yeah. How about porn? Is that super like well, adorctive? Adorctive. 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 We've got this new classification now where we have porn addicts because Is it in the DSM? I don't know if it's, it's in, in the DSM. It's just made it yet. But you know, they, you think about food addictions, right? Yeah, you think about sure. shopping addictions. Love addictions. Right. Like sex, sex addicts, right? All of that. Anything where it's so pervasive in your life that you can't Function. have a functional life. That your life right? is unmanageable. Your life I revolves think I'm addicted to around Target. those things. <laughs> I can't Target. go in there without spending. I go in for like tampons and it's like $600, 200 bucks every time. Like, son of a Come bitch, you got that. me again. Every Target. time I go there, it's 200 bucks. Oh, yep. I'll meet you in the middle. So just to go over, I know we have Sorry. to end soon, but how you get in, basically you call that number and then they talk to me. The number is again? Uh, you 
www.highsobrietytreatment.com. 1-800-515-3909. And people usually talk to me or somebody in the admissions department. And, you know, just to go over, you know, this is for people who have tried at other attempts and have failed. We usually don't take people under 26 because their brain hasn't fully developed yet. We do make some exceptions. Um, What else? And basically, we teach people to use this as a medication and to get away from the stigma of of marijuana. I think it's wonderful. I think it's it's so advanced. And I think it's important. I think we're so stuck in the old way of doing shit. And well, like, this is the only industry that is reluctant to change. No, there's a lot, dude. There's well, a I mean, lot out there because of money and the old school ways. And this well, that's true. That you want to know what it is? It it's the better. treatment industry and the fucking courthouses. When was the last time you went to a courthouse and they're not still using Windows 95 as a yeah. fucking POS? Everybody looks like they're from the 70s in courthouses. And the DMV. The DMV and the courthouses have not It's evolved. the worst well, thing. Right. You want to know why? It's to keep us down. No, it is. Thank you. Welcome to Tim Flocka. Have you seen any uh, Flocka people coming in? Flocka, Flocka, Flocka. 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 Have you heard that of Flocka drunk? That, uh, that crazy shit where yeah, they Waka go Flocka. nuts? Yeah, Flocka, Flocka. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a meth. Well, no, but I got people coming in on Spice. Yes, that's Kratom. what I was going Kratom's another one. Spice. Yeah, so Spice and Synthetic Cannabis. Like, why are they marijuana. still making drugs? Right. <laughs> and Kratom. Like, we have enough. Have you, have we, you seen Kratom? After Coke, we were good. We actually right? had a guy okay. We had a guy call us. Kratom is another Cheat synthetic edibles. form of opiate that you yes. can drink and buy over the counter. Yeah. Five of my friends went out. One of them died because he ended up relapsing on heroin because he got a Kratom. So we get a yeah. call. I'm in San Diego at this Kratom? Co- Kratom, Kratom or Kratom. I don't know. Kratom, he kept calling yeah. him Kratom. I call him Kratom. Tomato, tomato. Who gives a fuck? I it's you something. Him like so a check dog. it out. I was like, what? So he calls and he's like, we really like what you're doing with high sobriety. We're thinking about opening up a, a center like that, but using Kratom we to like, treat. No. I was like, yeah, no. yeah, I go. I got my own opinions on that, Holmes. Good luck to whatever you're doing, and I hope it works. And I hope it's a harm reduction model that works. I just they're I, I gonna don't. try. It's like with AA. Remember they they were the people who like tried to create an AA where you could drink. Yeah, but there's scientific. <laughs> yeah. Just you know well, uh, research so behind what you guys are doing. Here's here's the science right now. The science is and is coming out like in states where medical marijuana is now completely legalized. You have a drop in the number of opiate deaths in states. Oh where yeah, five percent. Right. So the in, people are not drinking. Five percent. Right. In states where medical marijuana is completely legalized, you are now dropping the number of opiates that are being purchased through Medicare. So it's like all of these associations that we're looking at, and why is it being done that way? And why isn't the research being done this way? You know, the way that we're kind of pushing forward with, and it's really simple. It's money-related, number one. Number two, if you're not federally legalized or federally allowed to yeah, do any of these things, it's impossible because I can't run research on anything that touches you're insurance. You're, right. Your hands are tied. Your hands you are tied. you don't have the legislative backing, you're So done. everybody is just looking at it peripherally right yeah. now, and they're saying, and they're making really good assumptions. They're like, yeah, it seems to be working. Yeah, it seems to be doing the right thing, but we don't actually have any hard so, and fast data, which is what we're now doing. Yeah. Right, yeah. Like, well, like yes. trials and yeah. stuff. So, so can I do this in my best commercial voice? Yeah. So if you or somebody you love struggles with an alcohol or a drug addiction, please call us at High Sobriety. We're here to help. 
I love it, dude. How was that? That was great. Was that a good voiceover? You guys were excellent, but now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. Dun, dun, dun. Our resident critic comes in and tells us what he thinks is good Uh and what is bad. It's time for... Open your mind. (laughs) Uh Aaron, Aaron. Don't be an idiot. Open your mind. Wake up! The Lord told me to tell you. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake So I strongly suggest that you wake the fuck up. You filthy animal. <laughs> Aaron, thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I don't have much to contribute here because I don't disagree with anything you've said. So so, so you're like, you're, you think I this do, is viable? I, I do. I did heavily disagree with you on video games. Okay. <laughs> because the Japanese video game probably more than anybody and they don't have school shootings. So. But they don't have guns. They, they have the highest well, that, rate of suicide in the world. Yeah, <laughs> dude. You got it to your <laughs> You don't true. have guns and they're Aaron. all killing and themselves. And they fly planes into boats. They do, boats. <laughs> yeah. they do kamikaze And they attack. also have severely the 40s. D- and they <laughs> stop <laughs> having sex and they're just yeah. humping robots. That's they cool. have anime porn that is like so yeah. deeply rooted in some sexual issues. Yeah. There's only That's one panda left. Yeah, there's one fucking there's one panda left, but hey, sushi, am I right? Yeah, right. Pandas are Chinese. We're all lost in translation. <laughs> no, seriously. So, Aaron, you were, you're all, you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. wow, congratulations. That's the first time he's gone all in on it. Woo! Really? Yeah. And we did something right. Uh, May, you were great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming I'm, on. You were great. I'm really intrigued by this. I'm going to hit you guys up. I'm in Marina Del Rey, so I'm going to sh- Oh, you're right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. please. All right. Check us out. Justin, thanks for coming on. Sam, I'll Dr. do anything Sherry, for you. Thank you for coming on. My we pleasure. appreciate that. Uh, one more time, the website? www.highsobrietytreatment.com. You guys are G's. Guys, get those tickets to Cobbs. Go to San Francisco. Hang out. We're going to get weird. Come with us. Go to Cobbs. Buy your tickets now. We, sell, we need 200 people to bring one friend, and we pack it out, and Live Nation will put us on tour all over the place. We love you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I thought it was amazing. I had a great conversation. It was great. You guys are all great. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll, uh, we're doing Anunnaki on Monday, homeboy. Anunnaki. <laughs> what is Anunnaki? <laughs>